on the Jim Davis Show. It is Mav Day, brought to you by Colorado Coffee and Beer House. 1144 North 12th Street, 12th and Glenwood, across from CMU, featuring only Colorado's best coffee and beer. Their goal is to advocate for their friends and neighbors and not compete to showcase all that Colorado has to offer under one roof. Monday through Thursday, 7.30 to 8, 7.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. Friday, Saturday, 7.30 to 9, Sunday, 8 to noon. It's a, it's a fun place to relax, enjoy Colorado coffee or a Colorado beer. Uh, no charge for coffee add-ons. That's a big deal nowadays. They also have chai tea, decaf, craft sodas, all made in Colorado, and a whole lot more on the beer side. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But right now, we welcome in the head coach of the CMU Mavericks ladies basketball team, Taylor Wagner, after their split uh, on the road weekend. Good morning, Taylor. Good morning. How are you guys? Not too bad. A good solid win at Shattered on Friday night. You guys held the Eagles uh, to under 40% from the field. Uh, nice to uh, start the weekend off with a big win over the Eagles. Yeah, I'm. You know, I was really happy how we uh, finished that game. It was, it was hard to get there. It was long and long trip, and uh, the girls. You know, we kind of started off a little sluggish, but that second half, especially that third quarter, I think we outscored it thirty to eight. And uh, you know, we just defensively and offensively, we just really executed well, and they played a phenomenal game. You'd mentioned a 30-point quarter, a pretty pretty big number for a quarter, uh, no matter really who's playing, and the, almost a half of your uh, total output in scoring in the 70 points. What changed coming out of the half? What was uh, working differently for you guys in that third quarter that maybe wasn't in the first, second, or fourth? Well, I just didn't think we were guarding really well. You know, we gave up 20 points in that second quarter, and we just kind of challenged them to kind of come out and, and uh, you know, We've been talking defense all along, and, and uh, that was one thing they focused on, and we got stops. That was a big thing. We got stops, and then we were able to go down and execute and, and really do a good job um, scoring, too. So, I mean, we, we turned our defense into offense, and, uh, you know, like I said, it seemed like everything was going in that quarter. And you guys held them to really just the four field goals in the second half there as well. Olivia Reed had 28 points, nine rebounds for you in that game against Shadron. Or any new superlatives to find to describe her game for you guys? No, I mean she just keeps doing it. And, you know she's getting she's getting more attention each and every game and different schemes. And she's got to adjust and uh, you know, but she keeps. Her big thing is just staying on the court, you know, and staying out of foul trouble, which we got in trouble with the next night. But, I mean, I think that's the big thing for her is, um, you know, she just rises to the challenge and, and uh, you know, we're, we're putting a lot on her. I mean, she's our leading scorer, leading rebounder, leading in blocks, you know, leading in steals and second in assists. I mean, she just impacts the game so much for us. Is there kind of been any discussion at practice like some of these other girls can maybe some nights have to step up occasionally you'll have mason roland which she had 18 and 7 in the loss to ccu but you're right olivia reed and we heard your assistant uh coach hannah pollard talk about it in the postgame show saturday that when you don't have olivia reed out there things just don't seem to work the same which is understandable with her 
carrying so much of the load, but how much focus do you guys really put on that? You don't want to have to play without her, but I guess really, I eventually I'll get to the question. I promise that at some point you got to kind of learn to play without Olivia Reed or maybe without a huge night from her at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And you know, her and Mason have been, those are the two girls that have been really consistent scoring and, and doing those things. And, you know, Monday we challenged them. Yesterday we challenged them. Like, you have to step up. And, and some of it's really simple. You know, when Olivia has a double and a triple, you have to hit an open three. You know, it's as simple as that where she's kicking it to you. And, you know, against Colorado Christian, we were six for 24. We make one more and we win the game. You know, and it's really that simple. And, and I, I think, uh, you know, hopefully the girls take it to heart. But, you know, they've got to be able to step up and, we have to rebound better. And, you know, this, I thought the first semester we did a phenomenal job. In the second semester, we, we haven't won the rebounding. And if we have, it's just been by a slight margin. I think that's one area where, you know, we can help her out in that. And, and, uh, and really, all we ask is if every player makes one more play in the game, that's a huge difference and that's a huge swing in the, in the outcome. And, and really, that's all we're asking. And, and hopefully the girls, like I said, can, you know, take it to heart and do a gut check and say, you know what, I can I can do this a little bit better. In that game against CCU, Maggie Hutka had 31 points. She was 12 of 21 from the field, made seven of eight free throws as well. Uh, she's, she's a pretty good scorer, but it, it seems as if that she maybe had some more open shots a little bit late in that game as they were – uh, made nine from 11 from the field as a team in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, we threw four girls at her, you know, and just tried to limit her touches and everything like that. And really, I mean, that's the biggest t- disappointment I have. And Olivia's our best defender in the post, but she got foul trouble, so we had other girls on her. And, and it just didn't work out. And, you know, looking back, we could have done this and that, you know, maybe switch things up. But we we just didn't match her energy. And that was probably the biggest thing that I was disappointed with. It's like we knew they're a good team going in. She's a great player, and we let her go off on us. And, you know, that was the difference of, you know, letting her score 31 points and doing it really however she wanted to. And, um, you know, even her going off and everything. I mean, we we had a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter, and we just – Olivia gets in foul trouble. She fouls out. And then it just kind of all, you know, went bad on us. And, I mean, it was just some crazy. One of the girls just falls down. The girl picks it up and runs it, you know, and gets a layup. And, you know, we give up an open three right at the end. And just we had some really bad turnovers in the last three or four minutes of that game. And it's really uncharacteristic of us. And, and uh, you know, we're, I think we're all still fuming about it that uh, we couldn't finish that game out the right way. We're talking with Taylor Wagner, head coach of the Maverick women's basketball team on Mav Day here on the Jim Davis Show. Coach, I want to get back to something you said earlier about, you know, if if uh, every player made one more play that you guys think would be in a better position, particularly after that Saturday night game, how, how do you define that? What is kind of the that extra play? And is there anyone in particular you think needs to maybe make that extra play going forward? No, I think it's everybody. You know, it's not one particular person, but you think about it. If we play 10 girls and eight people hit one more shot, at minimum, that's what? 16 points. 
you know, from three, it's a little bit more. That changes every game or one more big rebound or one less turnover, um, you know, or step up and make one more free throw. Like I said, it's really some small things that were, you know, one good pass in, in, uh, you know, where sometimes we throw it away trying to go inside or whatever it is. Um, you know, I, it's not a rocket science or anything like that, but I think if everybody just does one more play, we can, you know, really in a game like the Colorado Christian one, we don't, we're not biting our fingernails in the last minute of like, okay, are we going to win this? We're not going to win it. You know, we're, we're kind of smooth and sailing there and, and just kind of finishing out the game the right way. Head coach of the Mavericks women's basketball team, Taylor Wagner, joining us on Mav Day, brought to you by Colorado Coffee and Beer House. And, Coach, you got uh, the South Dakota schools coming back into uh, Brownson Arena this weekend. You'll be at home, Black Hills, right on your tail in the conference. You're 6-3 and three in RMAC play. They're 5-3 and three in the RMAC. They don't have anybody that gets over 10 points per game offensively, but their defense is number one in the conference, so they don't have to score a whole lot. Just kind of, uh, you know, 30,000-foot view of Black Hills. What do you know about the Yellow Jackets? Well, every game we play comes down to the last couple minutes. You know, they're well-coached. You mentioned their defense. I feel like they're probably one of the best, if not the best, in our league, and they're just so scrappy, make you earn everything, and they fly at you. So we're going to have to take care of the basketball and, and uh, you know, be strong. We've got to be tough against them on Friday, and um, because they're going to make it really difficult to score. What makes their defense so tricky? The teams, no matter who it is, really haven't been able to kind of figure them out for any length of time. Uh, they just compete for forty minutes on that side of the ball. I mean, they're literally the balls there, and they've got girls there. They're moving their feet. They're active. You know, they're they're really physical with you. So, I mean, it's not just, you know, some teams kind of, they almost give you exactly what we want. And then others, like Black Hills, they just take it away. And they, they just make your life miserable. And, you know, I was watching last year's game. And, I mean, we we struggled to score. And any time it went into Olivia, they're flying two or three girls at them. And, you know, and like I said, a lot of it's going to come down to making one more play, making one more you know, shot that when you got a good, great look, you got to put it in the hole. So I think when they make mistakes, we've got to be able to capitalize, capitalize on them. Uh, and then the next night on Saturday night is South Dakota School of Mines, and another rough year for them. They're four and five in league play, but four and eleven overall. They're outside of the top ten, both offensively and defensively. Talk about the Hard Rockers a little bit. What you've seen from them so far? Well, I mean, they're on a little roll for them. They're playing well. They beat Adam State, you know. They're playing some good basketball. They've got a great shooter. Um, I think their team's kind of starting to gel right now, and they're they're getting a little momentum. And so they're not a team you want to overlook and, and take lightly. And, you know, again, it's that Saturday night you got to turn around and, and be great on Saturday night. So they're, they're playing a whole lot better than they did at the beginning of the year. And you take a look at the last few for them. They beat New Mexico Highlands before the winter break. Uh, they beat, uh, or sorry, lost to Minot State, lost to Fort Lewis. And like you mentioned, 
They beat Adam State and they beat Western, a couple of scrappy teams in the RMAC. So after that really slow start, they've kind of started to round in some, into some form. Piper Bauer seems to carry them offensively. Like you mentioned, she's a pretty good shooter. What do you have to do to, you know, kind of get her off of her spot on Saturday night? Yeah, I mean, I we were watching some film and I, it was just in one game and she just went off. And I, our, all our girls were like, oh, my goodness. I mean, that's how special of a shooter she is. And you just can't let her touch the ball. That's the biggest thing is you've got to make her work a little bit and, and not just give her open looks because she's really, you know, started improving her game. And now she can come off screens and, and hit that shot. So she's, she's developed a little bit more rather than just kind of standing at the three-point line and chucking it up. You know, she's taking people off to dribble a little bit more. And so that's, that'll be our goal is trying to limit her touches on Saturday night. And you take a look at them defensively. They're at the bottom at 71.6 points per game, but they do have five different players into double-digit steals kind of this early into play so far this season. So defensive, you know, just kind of the, the macro numbers don't look great, but if you dive into some things, they do have some players that can cause fits defensively. They do, you know, and that they're getting after it. And like I said, it, their last seven games are four and three. They're playing a whole lot better, um, you know, and when you do that, the confidence just grows. And so they're a different team than what we saw when they were in our gym, you know, when we were playing West Texas and Texas Permian Basin. And so we've just got to go out and compete. And, you know, they're fighting, to, they're fighting to get in that top eight and to get in to the playoffs. And so it'll be a big game for both of us. Mavericks basketball this weekend, Friday night on the Team CMU Sports Network, Saturday night on 1100 KNZZ, taking on the Black Hill State Yellow Jackets and South Dakota School of Mines, Hard Rockers. Coach, thanks for a few minutes. We'll see you out at the arena Friday and Saturday. All right. Thanks, guys. That is head coach of the Mavericks, Taylor Wagner. As Mav Day on the Jim Davis Show is brought to you by Colorado Coffee and Beer House. We're still waiting for a correct answer for Stadium Cinema today. That'd be you. Yeah, so we we tried to play the clip at the very last second. Have um, you had uh, more issues? Uh, we are good now. Okay. All right, so again, if you are the first correct texter on the team text line, 970-242-1340, you get a case uh, or a... Oh. You get a uh, gift case certificate. salad. There you go. <laughs> get a gift certificate to Triple Play Records and an antipasto salad from... Junction Square Pizza. Name for me, please, from this clip, the sports figure. Tom, you know who's in tonight? It's the judge coach, sweetie. I should go say hello. All right, so you know two things. Mm -hmm. No, it's a Jets coach. Yep. And you know that it's Mr. Soprano Mm -hmm. that's uh, going to go say hello. Yeah, he's got to go say hello. You know, I'm going to go say hello. So now the Sopranos ran from, what, 99 to 2007. That sounds right. So we have a guess for Weeb Bank, which is incorrect. We have a guess, guess, a guess, a guess for Bill Parcells, which is also incorrect. So you look in that area, there's... One, two, three, four head coaches that were coaching the Jets at the time the Sopranos were on. Should we give a hint as to who this head coach is? So 
three of the head coaches have coached other teams in the NFL. This is one of them. He also was at one point the head coach of one of our favorite football teams on this program. Yes. So we're looking for that, that name. I can't, actually. <laughs> there was such Physically promise. impossible. Yeah. He is uh, one in a long line of failed assistants under somebody else we've talked about on this program this morning. So there you go. There is who uh, is on the docket for you. And this is a Jets coach who has actually coached a game as head coach of the Jets. So we have a guest for Bill Belichick. He was Jets coach for a day. For a press conference. <laughs> Pretty much. That would be that was it. incorrect. Rex but, Ryan, that yeah. is incorrect as well. Because mm-hmm. I think yeah. Rex started coaching after Sopranos went off the air. Uh, yes. This... The coach we're looking for preceded Sexy Rexy. He was the direct predecessor. Outside of giving you his name, that's as close as to what we're going to get. And we're getting real close. Yeah, we're getting real close. So there's your uh, guesses or your uh, hints for the uh, stadium cinema. $20 $20 gift certificate to Triple Play Records, downtown Grand Junction, and a small antipasto salad courtesy of our friends at Junction Square Pizza. We still got a lot to go uh, to come up with. We are going to give away one. It's uh, from our friends at Colorado Coffee and Beer House. This is coming up later this morning. It'll be a CMU trivia question. First correct answer gets uh, one coffee or beer per week for a month, which wow. is pretty cool. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty badass for our friends over at Colorado Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street at the corner of 12th and Glenwood. Drove by the other day, took a good gander at the building as I went by, and it looks like they're, uh, you know, rocking and rolling over there. So we'll have that coming up in a little bit. We got four down territory on the way. We'll talk with head coach of the men's basketball team, Mike George. They had a pretty good weekend, 102 points against Shadron State. And they needed almost every single one of them, too. Pretty much. So we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on. We're still looking for a correct answer for Stadium Cinema. All that and more. It's a B-Team edition on Mav Day of the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. It's a good show. By the best show around. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back to the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye and Baked Goods with you, a B-Team edition. Jim will be back tomorrow, and we'll have some things to talk about with some people, maybe. I'm not entirely certain what tomorrow's show looks like. Tomorrow's Wine About It Wednesday, correct? Yes, Wine About It Wednesday. Uh, you will also have a chance to uh, listen, maybe, hopefully, to Connor Begahe, voice of the Avalanche, as they play in Ottawa tonight. You might also get to hear from voice of the CSU Rams, Brian Roth. Rams, that's scuffling a little bit in Mountain West Conference play. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. We got four down territory in just a, just a few minutes. Do we have a winner for Stadium Cinema today? We do. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. 
Steve correctly identifying Eric Mangenius Mangini. Oh, Eric Mangini, the uh, the name we were looking for, who was uh, who had who had a cameo, mm-hmm. a, a very brief cameo in The Sopranos. It's unfortunate they shot it. Probably should have uh, taken him to where they buried Email Kolar, and left him there too. Maybe. Because he went 5-11, and 5-11 and 11 in back-to-back seasons as the head coach of my Cleveland Browns. That was after he had already been uh, canned by the yeah, Jets. Yeah, he got poop canned and then got hired immediately the next season to go 5-11 and 11 back-to-back years. Who does he think he is? Pat Shermer? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Steve, you said, was the correct answer yes, to that one? Yes, All right. And uh, we're going to give away a beer or coffee per week for a month to Colorado Coffee and Beer House. They're our CMU Mav Day sponsor, and uh, we'll give this away for the first correct answer on the text line, 970-242-1340. Real, real, real quick mm-hmm. before we get any further, because um, I don't have this in my uh, little... Yeah, I know. Okay. I will we'll get, we'll figure that portion okay. after the show. Never mind. Yes. So there's a lot of people in town that maybe are new to the town, new to the area, somewhat unfamiliar with Colorado Mesa University and their lineage and their history as Mesa State College. What's the Mavericks mascot's name? Not the actual bovine that runs on the field, but the dressed-up human inside the felt. What's the name of that mascot? First correct answer on the text line, 970-242-1340, gets... The beer or coffee, one per week for a month from Colorado Coffee and Beer House. They are the Mav Day sponsor of record. Thanks to our friends over there. 1144 uh, North 12th Street, 12th and Glenwood across from ZMU. They have beer flights. They have trivia every Friday night at 630. And you know, one of the best things is you go to places and maybe their food is less than or not at all. You're just kind of out of luck, right? Yeah. Well, not at Colorado Coffee and Beer House. Outside food is welcome. Bring in a pizza, DoorDash, whatever. Free Wi-Fi there. You can uh, get a mug there so you can be able to choose your own mug. You can do that whole thing. Come on in. Make yourself a home. They have free Wi-Fi for the college kid that is tired of jacking the Wi-Fi from Subway or something across the street. Right. You, they have free Wi-Fi there. Cool place to hang out, get some coffee, get some beer, and uh, anything in between. Colorado Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street, the corner of 12th and Glenwood. Uh, before we get the winner, possibly, for that contest, it's time for Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Hang on. There we go. Yes, and first down, how do we feel about the Peacock-only NFL game? I know a lot of people are in their feelings about the Peacock-only NFL game. You automatically hate it. Now, Now, hold on. Is this strictly because it was a Peacock game and you couldn't get it? Or is it something to do with the presentation so for me it's 
I don't have Peacock. I'm not going to pay for Peacock. You can't make me. And it's an it's it goes back to this whole thing because I think of, I think there's been some light rumors about the idea that the league maybe one day wants to turn the Super Bowl into a pay per view event like WWE or mm-hmm. UFC or whatever. And I think that's just generally a bad idea because I don't want to pay. I I just especially if it's teams I don't have a general rooting interest in, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna pay. Um. And I think just, you know, broadly, I don't want to have to pay for another streaming service just to watch one game that, again, no rooting interest in. I'm not much of a betting man these days because I always lose. So I just, it's just, I don't like this idea of, oh, you're going to stream exclusively for $7.99 a month. You could be, you know, it, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like where we're going with streaming and all this stuff. I already had slash have Peacock, so it didn't really bother me that much. I have the very basic version, so I can get my WWE fix. So I had it. I was able to click on the game. I can totally understand where you're coming from, that aspect. I more so understand the people that don't have any streaming at all. And they don't want to start to go down that road, right? I buy it less from, well, I have Netflix and Hulu and Disney and ESPN Plus and Apple TV Plus and Paramount and Max, and I don't want to get Peacock, right? I get it because it's more. And at this point, sooner or later, it's all going to be back to let's just get cable (laughs) because... Let's bundle all these streaming services yeah. together. You know what that's called? Cable, Cable or satellite. So I get it. The thing that I have the problem with, it's not so much the streamer. It's not so much the paying for, because having all of your teams be out of market teams kind of have to pay for to be able to watch them. So I, I am already more accustomed to that. For me, it's the spreading around of football is because now that I have a Roku TV, it's a lot simpler, but to go from over the air on source one to Peacock on source three. Right. And, you know, you go back to source one to check the other game and your streaming shuts off because you're not on that source. So you got to load it in the whole thing. That's the only thing that bothers me about it is I like my football being somewhere where I can easily access it. And since this game is not going to be part of red zone, that's where I come to the problem of, you know, I would very much like this to be all on the same source or output. And it's not so much the streaming component to me. It's now this is another place to find football. It wasn't enough to have NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, but now let's throw Peacock on. I do like the option. We were having reception issues Sunday. Mm -hmm. So I got the NFL app and just loaded up the Cowboys game that way and then had to turn it off because it was a garbage game. Stuff in our house is in danger, like football stuff. Football stuff. So... 
anyway, I so I get it. I get both sides. I didn't really have a problem with it. Didn't have great sound quality to me. Maybe that's my television, but it sounded like Tariko and whoever his color guy were were quieter than they needed to be. Was it Collinsworth? I don't know if it was Collinsworth. I can't remember. That's how bad the audio was. You couldn't tell yeah. who it was. A long, long time ago. Last night, though, as we moved to second down, Monday Night Football, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, as we mentioned, not very easy to get them to hop on the criticism bandwagon, but to multiple times talk about how poor the tackling was, was alarming. It's third down and seven. Mayfield wide open. There's more again. His second catch. Still working through this secondary. And a touchdown, Tampa Bay. No flags. I love the cannon fire, by the way. That's great. We'll get there, I promise. Like my question to Taylor Wagner that took two minutes. And so far, the tackling for the Eagles in their secondary has been awful. Well, Yes. Yes, it has, Joe Buck. Joe Buck right on the money. I. It's now time to where you can start criticizing guys. Sometimes it may be a little heavy early in the season, rookies, whatever. Now's the time to where the professionals need to shine through. And the Eagles were garbage tacklers yesterday. And the Monday Night Football crew pointed that out. And I'm glad it was guys that get the lion's share of criticism. Like, this is very much off-brand for them. Maybe not Joe Buck, but definitely Troy Aikman. And they got after the Eagles last night, and I love to see it. You do. You love to see it. Um, And, yeah, like you said, they're not one to criticize, which can be kind of a refresher sometimes because there are some announcers out there that are doing nothing but mm-hmm. but you know to keep it light sometimes but again like you said if if they're coming after you you know you've done something yeah it's bad third down charles barkley had the uh presence of mind to correctly call out the chicago bulls crowd uh when they were doing their oh, ring of yeah. honor awful yeah so jerry Krause, love him or hate him and bulls fans probably hate him Still was the architect. I'm guessing. He was still the architect for one of the best dynasties in basketball history. And he was put into their inaugural ring of fame. And his widow, because Jerry Krause is no longer alive, was there to accept the uh, honor on his behalf. Well, when they announced Jerry Krause's name, Chicago booed and made a widow cry. And Charles Barkley was right to call out saying uh, that hurt my heart watching. That was total BS. Uh, whether you like Jerry Krause or not, that man's dead. His wife is there, and y'all made that lady cry. They did. Yeah, just what a what a poop show by total, Bulls fans. Total poop show. Now, as we move on to fourth down, that whole thing was kind of a poop show anyway because yeah. you don't have Michael Jordan. You don't have... Uh, I don't think Scottie Pippen was there. I don't think Dennis Rodman was there. So, like, the only person that was there was Steve Kerr, but that's not because they freed him up. He was going to the other team. He was already there. He was going to be there anyway, yeah. Uh, Overall, I know that we don't do good call, bad call on Tuesdays, but 
bad call all around. Bad call Chicago fans booing Jerry Krause's widow. And bad call just in general having that ceremony when really, truly no one was there. Also, I learned this. Apparently, not just uh, LeBron James's son plays for USC. Apparently, Dennis Rodman's kid also plays for USC. I didn't know that either. It's either it's either Rodman or Pippen, but it's one of those 90s eras bulls that they have a kid and they're on the USC Trojans basketball team. I think the GOAT conversation is shelved until Bronny James starts dating Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. <laughs> right. Exactly. I think... I think we can kind of shelve the goat conversation there. <laughs> I, I agree. That's one of the tentacles of this whole thing that is getting way too much play in the press, but is nonetheless hilarious. It is. It is Jordan getting over on Pippen again and again in a multitude of ways. It just absolutely, <laughs> absolutely hilarious. It's just, just fantastic. Uh, we talked a little bit about this earlier in the program. The Colorado Avalanche lost at Montreal last night, taking down or falling to the Canadiens by a score of four to three. We had a little piece of Jared Bednar. Here's a little bit longer uh, post Bednar of the Avs loss last night. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate our first. It just we didn't do a lot in the first to to earn more than we got. It come we come out of it square, then we dialed it up. I thought significantly in the second and third, and um, yeah, made a couple mistakes. End up in the back of our net. Like I said, I think we'd like to get a couple of those back, and, and, but it is what it is. It's going to happen every once in a while. Net's um, never easy losing because. You know, you want you want to you know we had a good thing going, good commitment going on both sides of the pocket, and tonight it just wasn't quite as sharp as what it needed to be. Live from the loading dock, it's Jared Bednar right. post game. Ross Colton scored 428 in the first, give the Avs the lead before Yurajsiyevkovsky? Question mark. Who? Scored to even it up, yeah. Uh, Kale McCarr put the Avs in front in the second before the Habs answered. Cole Caulfield, I can get that one. He scored to put the Canadians in front. Devin Taves answered nine minutes through the third. Then with about four minutes left, Joel Armia put the winner at, put the winner home, if you could uh, use the phrase, for the Canadians to win 4-3. Alexander Georgiev was all right, stopped 30 of 34 shots. Uh, allowed all four of the goals. Colorado right now sits 26-13-3. and three. They are third in the Western Conference, and they are back on the ice tonight, taking on the Ottawa Senators. That's coming up uh, tonight. Tonight on the Team Sports Network, we will have uh, plenty of basketball to whet your appetite for March Madness. It's going to be high school basketball. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. Battle Mountain is in town to take on Central. Those games start at uh, 5.30 for the girls, 7 o'clock for the boys. Fruita Monument takes on Palisade, 6 o'clock for the girls, 7.30 for the boys. I'll be at Central. You'll be at Palisade. Full court coverage starts at 5 o'clock. Over on 95.7, the Monkey, which is 97.1 FM in Delta, 93.5 in Montrose. Glenwood Springs in Montrose to take on the Red Hawks. Coverage starts at 5.15. Girls tip off at 5.30. We talked to Red Hawks head coach Steve Skiff a little bit ago. And boys tip at 7. 
So plenty of high school basketball on the NBC Grand Family radio stations. Then tonight we got some uh, college hoops in a game that is a conference matchup now. will be a non-conference collision in eight months. Do we have a winner for our impromptu contest for Colorado Coffee and Beer House? We do, and I'm writing down his info now. Perfect. Who, uh, oh, hold on, I got. I forgot. You got it. I'm in charge of the imaging pieces. Hit the button. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Scott. Scotty G correctly answering Rowdy. Yes, Rowdy is... The name of the mascot. So Scott gets a beer or coffee, one per week for a month from Colorado Coffee and Beer House. Congratulations to him. Thank you for texting in to everybody. Uh, we'll continue on Mav Day in a few minutes. Head coach of the Maverick men, Mike DeGeorge, will join us here in just a few minutes. Practice lets out about quarter to the top of the hour. So we're uh, just trying to vamp a little bit to make it all line up perfectly that'll be coming up in just a few minutes jim will be back tomorrow a b team edition of the jim davis show today pre-planned he didn't get snowed in he almost got snowed in he was close he would have been fine either way it was a little touch and go there yeah it was a little touch and go but uh we're we're all good jim will be back in the air chair as the old timers call it uh tomorrow right here on the jim davis show we'll take a break come back with uh more jim davis show a b team edition on the team sports network on the way next good morning gentlemen what are the haps the jim davis show on colorado's sports leader the team welcome back to the jim davis show buckeye and baked goods a b team edition where you've got the uh Notorious bat signal out for Mike DeGeorge. Just wrapping up practice. We'll hopefully have him here in a couple minutes. But uh, you referenced it earlier. It looks like Jason Kelsey has retired or will intend to retire, maybe never play football again. Some of the things I love is Swifty Twitter is very, very sad, which is... Things you never thought you would say a year ago. Taylor Swift fans are sad Jason Kelsey's retiring. It's just so bonkers. And this tweet sums it up. Some football player decided to make a friendship bracelet for Taylor Swift seven months ago, and now all of her fans are in tears over his brother stopping football, deciding not to play football which is just great. Or I listened to Taylor 15 years ago. Now I'm crying over her boyfriend's older brother sitting on a bench at a football stadium. Just absolutely kind of hilarious. Not the fact that Jason Kelsey's retiring. Uh, it's going to be a bummer. I do. I very much like the new Heights podcast. I'm a big fan. I do like the Kelsey brothers, but uh, that'll, that's kind of a bummer. But also I don't, I think people don't realize that Jason Kelsey's a 13-year vet. He's been around for a long time. He's 36 years old. He's got a Super Bowl. He was the guy in the mummer's suit for the Philadelphia Parade, and he's been around a long time. So I think people kind of forget that with his last two, three, four years ascension to the front of mind for everything. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts says he's a legend in this city, really in the league. 
I don't want to do a disservice to him and the things he's been able to do and overcome. His journey to where he is now didn't come easy. So, uh, you know, hopefully that's not true, but also at 36, two Super Bowl appearances, one championship, I think think, uh, the career went pretty well out of uh, Cleveland Heights and Cincinnati to the NFL and a Super Bowl champion for Jason Kelsey. I, I don't I don't necessarily know enough about how offensive linemen are determined for this thing, but I don't know if Jason Kelsey's going to Canton. I think he is. You think he is? I think just from hmm. six time all pro. Yeah, that's that that'll that do. You. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good uh pretty good list to have right there all pro selections for jason kelsey six times an all pro selection and uh six out of the last seven years he was a first team all pro selection he's been a pro bowler last five years seven times total yeah you know what maybe maybe that'll do it super bowl champion nfc champion on top of that once over six time all pro that may do it. Who knows? They may both get there. Who who can really say about the six-time All-Pro? We're still looking for Mavericks head coach Mike DeGeorge. Hopefully track him down at the very end of practice here for get a few minutes with the coach of the Mavericks men's squad, Mike DeGeorge, hopefully coming up here in just a little bit. They got the sweep over the weekend. They uh, put it to CCU. Also beat Shadron in overtime with a 102-95 to win over the Eagles. The Mavericks on the season right now sitting yeah, in a pretty good spot, to be perfectly honest. They're 13-2. They've won five in a row. They're 6-0 and at home. They are 9-0 and in the RMAC and sit atop the RMAC standings right now as we head into the third weekend of December. Uh, still coming up empty on the notorious MDG, it sounds like over there, or looks like, I guess. Yeah, uh, I left a message. I've called a few times. Yeah. May have to may have to get Mike on a later program. So coming up tonight, we have high school basketball. We've talked about that uh, quite a bit. Battle Mountain at Central. That'll be coming up. Pre-game coverage at 5. Huskies and Warriors, girls at 5.30, boys at 7. Fruita Monument at Palisade tonight. Wildcats and Bulldogs coverage, girls tip at 6, boys at 7.30. We'll have full court coverage. Nate Andrews will be back here. Air traffic control keeping us both straight, albeit central. You'll be at Palisade. Yes. Tomorrow night we have some college basketball on the Team Sports Network. Then we get the uh, rest of the schedule figured out when the boss man returns. That'll be uh, tomorrow. Who's our uh, college game tomorrow? Uh, USC Arizona. Ooh, yeah, that'll Pac-12 be twelve game. Yeah, I don't know why I had you turn down so low, but yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be a good a good one. Division round is set both days on the Team Sports Network. Texans at Ravens right now. Ravens are nine point home favorite. Two thirty on Saturday. Coverage starts at two right here on the Team Sports Network. San Francisco hosts Green Bay. The nightcap. San Francisco. Uh, minus 10 in that game, so a 10-point favorite on Sunday. 
Coverage starts at one or at uh, twelve thirty, rather. Buccaneers at Lions. The Lions are six point home favorite, and the Buffalo Bills are two and a half point favorites at home to take on take down the Chiefs, Buffalo, and Kansas City. Four thirty late game coverage on that one on the team CMU Sports Network. That means that will push. Uh, CMU basketball against South Dakota Mines off to 1100 KNZZ like it was this last weekend. So that's uh, kind of how the week ahead looks right now. It's time if I can uh, keep everything straight. It's a uh, little garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Buckeye and Baked Goods with you here, a uh, B-team edition of the Jim Davis Show. Uh, The big lead has five Dallas Cowboys who won't be back in 2024. Are these just players or are these players and coaches? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Cooks, Tyron Smith, Tony Pollard, which is interesting, and Mike McCarthy, which is the least interesting. And they also have the uh, thumbnail for the five Eagles who won't be back is Jason Kelsey, which good call considering he's apparently he told everybody else that he's retiring. Do you have anything? Uh, maybe. Uh, okay. Well, so the, uh, I, I, I used to think Barstool was like, oh, kind of niche, cool, whatever. Now that I think they're total tools, Delta Bravo, they're bar tools. Their CEO, not Portnoy, oh. uh, the, the lady CEO, Ayers Badan, formerly okay. Nardini. She's been with the company since 2016. She is their CEO. She is apparently going to be leaving Barstool uh, and departing as their CEO. She uh, made an announcement like that on the platform formerly known as Twitter. And we'll see what this, I mean... What, if anything, this changes in terms of the sports media landscape? I don't think it'll change much because I just don't. We'll we'll see. I mean, yeah, I I don't think it'll make it. It will change. It'll make Barstool that much worse. Probably. Because Portnoy is going to get more control. Oh, for sure. So there's that. Um, Stephen A. Smith (laughs) is taking a run at Tony Dungy because Tony Dungy thinks that the reason people don't like the NFL is because of Taylor Swift or whatever. Yeah. The thing that's disenchanting people with sports now, there's so much on the outside coming in. Entertainment value and different things. Taking away from what really happened on the field. And Stephen A says, it's getting ridiculous how she's being criticized by some, insulted by others, blamed by many. Grow up. In the case of Tony Dundee, it's like, Come on, can we stop? Please, respectfully. Respectfully. You're blaming Taylor Swift for disinterest in NFL action? Really? What exactly are you talking about? Uh, That's it'll do it for our show today, a B-team edition. In the bag, we'll try to get Mike to George at some point later on this week. As uh, practice ran a little long at CMU, we were unable to track him down. Jim will be back tomorrow. It'll be a fully loaded, regular edition of the Jim Davis Show. Give us a full three starting at 7. Voice of the Ask, Connor McGahee, hopefully. Voice of the Rams, Brian Roth.
and more. Tune in tomorrow to find out what more.